3: young in with you for another hour this evening i've gotten a lot of texts in fact i've gotten so many texts this evening and i've replied to so many texts i think i'm getting carpal tunnel syndrome it's just that bad and maria you like that one okay all right (laughs) maria's laughing on her way out so, uh, but don't, don't worry, don't worry. I know lots of doctors, friends of mine who can treat the carpal tunnel, so I'm not worried in any way. Keep the calls coming and keep the texts coming as well. Uh, Joan called in right at the end of our last segment and we asked her to stick around because I wanted to hear what she had to say. Hey, Joan, welcome to Wax.
0: Thank you. Um, what I called about was I had just come back recently from two weeks in Japan in Tokyo, and...
3: Beautiful. It's on my summer. bucket list. That is definitely on my bucket list.
0: Uh, you definitely have to go. It's amazing. It's inexpensive. Um, you can get a decent flight, but when you get there, the hotels can be extremely reasonable, and food is very reasonable. Um, and it's much healthier for you, too. It's Everything's fresh. It's not filled with lots of preservatives, and the gluten in their flour is very different from our gluten it's not doesn't cause a lot of problems anyway the reason i called was because crime in mm-hmm. japan is so low um yes. you are um ashamed too ashamed to commit a crime um it's mm. too much of a disgrace to yourself and to your family to steal something, to rob something, to hurt another individual. Um, we were there days before we ever saw policemen or police vehicles. Wow! Most of the time that you hear a siren, it's because it's an ambulance, not mm-hmm. police.
3: And and why do you think that is? And, and I'm asking you, I, I know what you're going to say, because as a good attorney, I never ask a question that I don't already know the answer to, but why do you think that the crime is so low in Canada or in uh, Japan compared to, say, the United States. Uh,
0: it's like I said, just a different mentality. Um, <clears throat> my grandson um, left his iPhone at the train station. Didn't discover it until two stops down. By the time he turned around and went back again, it was like forty-five minutes. And um, his phone was still sitting on the exact same ledge. Nobody touched it.
3: Wow. What a great story. And that, that would not happen here. No. And when I say here, I don't mean in the city of St. Louis. I just mean in just about any large metropolitan area in the United States. That would not happen.
0: So many things in Japan are like the way they used to be in the U.S. years ago. Um, I'm 71, and I can remember a long time ago. Um, And, you know, I mean, um, just the way you're treated, the respect that everybody treats everybody else with, nobody thinks about cutting in front of you, whether they're walking or driving. Um, uh, Even though there's very little English spoken, you can be in a convenience store of which there's many 711 Lawson's whatever and struggling to find something on the shelf as you use your google translate on your phone um and somebody will walk up to you who does not speak a word of english but communicates to you that they're there to help you find can i help you find what you're looking for wow. um yeah it's just it's it's the way i remember the world mm. being here and I longed for it, and I was thanks. glad to see that it still exists
3: somewhere. I'm glad you stuck around during the break, Joan. And by the way, I thought your voice sounded like 45. So I was <laughs> way, way off. Oh, thank you. I did. I was thinking, oh, you're, uh, you're just a little bit younger than I am. And uh, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> That's okay. Voices could be a fooler. But thank you for calling in, and thanks for uh, sticking around during the break. It was great to hear from you. Thanks for listening. My pleasure. Uh, and and it also brings up another point. we've only got a minute here left in this segment, but uh but I that's one of the reasons why I spent the better part of the last five years, right here on Camel X arguing against Kim Gardner. and if because she was not in favor of enforcing crime, her view, and, and I agree with the premise, and I disagree with her solution. Her premise was is that blacks have been discriminated against in this country, and she's absolutely right. They have, and in many places continue to be. But the solution to that discrimination is not to say it's open season and okay to commit crime. The only way you deter crime, in this country anyway, is to enforce the law and Gabe Gore, the new circuit attorney, is doing that. If you've seen the most recent crime statistics in St. Louis, they're going down. They're not just going down, they're going down substantially. And as a person who loves downtown, I am thrilled and I applaud Gabe Gore as the circuit attorney for taking action. It's not all due to him, but it's a concerted effort between him and the police and the administration of working to reduce crime. And this whole progressive idea that enforcing crime is discriminatory is a lie. And it's a lie that Kim Gardner told until often enough to the point that she eventually believed it. And so I spent, again, from 2017 until this summer pointing out the reasons why Kim Gardner was wrong. And I'm glad she's out of office. And I will continue to point out the ways that current circuit attorney Gabe Gore is correct. Because things are getting better. They are getting better, and it's about darn time. Hey, I got to take a break here. Uh, I got to respond to some of the uh, mini texts that we've got in during this segment. And coming up, though, I want to talk to you about this. Have you seen those, those highway signs when you're driving down the highway that say little funny things? Well, the federal government is weighing in on those. And if you think about it, you're going to predict exactly what I'm going to say about how the federal government sees those funny highway signs. We'll dive into that and other topics next on At Your Service. KMOX, stick around.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back
3: to Ad Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. Hey, let me tell you, I am glad... That you are listening tonight because I don't I don't do the show because I need work. All right, I don't do the show because I'm looking for something else to do. I do this show so I get to interact with people just like you. That's why I do the show. And uh, I, listen, my my law firm is thriving. I'm busy all day. Uh, I, I don't need the extra pocket change, but this is fun talking about big ideas and how they apply to regular people, that's what At Your Service is all about. So I'm glad that you are a part of the show this evening. And as I teased before we went to the break, highway signs. You know, I'm a big fan of dad jokes, all right? I've been telling dad jokes since I was like 12, and no, I was not a dad when I was 12. And to me, those highway signs are nothing but... But uh, mobile dad joke uh, devices, that's what they are. Because when you're driving, they're corny, and they make you laugh, and they're stupid. Uh, but I will tell you, though, the funniest thing was a prank. I didn't see this, but I read about it. This was, my goodness, this was probably 10 years ago. And someone, so, and, and I know that the someone who did this was male, in their 20s, and, uh was working in the computer industry because someone hacked one of those highway signs and put on their uh, warning, zombie crossing ahead. And I just, you know, thinking of zombies just makes me laugh every time. So that road sign, I would have loved to have seen that particular road sign. But you've seen the road signs. Like, for example, there's one in Massachusetts that says, and I'm quoting, use Yablinka. B-L-I-N-K-A-H for because it's Massachusetts, right? Use use and it's U S E Y-A-H, use Ya Blinka. And Utah has one that says, uh, driving basted is for turkeys. And of course they're talking about don't drive while you're intoxicated, right? And one of them uh, also in Arizona says, quote, use headlights like Rudolph uses his red nose, unquote. So you've seen those here. I I can't think of any that I've seen recently because they're kind of stupid and I forget them rather quickly. But they're still funny nevertheless, right? So I'm going to give you two divergent ideas and then bring them together. Remember when the Rams were in town back when we actually liked football in St. Louis. When the Rams were here, and the Rams had the greatest show on turf, they were scoring touchdowns, throwing 50-yard pass completions, running like there's no tomorrow, destroying defenses uh, every weekend, right? And there was a little bit of celebration that would go on in the end zone, and then what would happen? The Rams, the St. Louis Rams would get flagged for excessive celebrations. And we started calling the NFL the No Fun League. Remember that? I do. uh, Because I thought, come on. I mean, this guy's been training his entire life. He works out uh, 16 hours a day. To try to score touchdowns. He scores a touchdown. He wants to do a little dance, and you're going to throw a flag and get your panties in a wad because he, how dare he do a little dance in the end zone? Come on. NFL, no fun league. Right? Well, the feds have become the no fun league because in a, a new directive that was issued uh, at the end of December, but it just got reported this week, it is a. So typical federal government, right? It's a 1,100-page manual on the Uniform Traffic Control Devices. Now, first of all, who's going to read who? Who among us is going to read an 1,100-page manual on the Uniform Traffic Control Devices? Nobody's going to read that, but your tax dollars paid for that. My tax dollars paid for this. And on page 500, I looked it up, on page 519 of this 1,100-page manual, and by the way, didn't I just kind of destroy my own argument by saying, who's going to read this manual, and then I confess to you that I actually did? Okay, so I have destroyed my own argument. I admit that. But on page 519, the guidance says, and I'm quoting Humorous signs might be misunderstood or understood only by a limited segment of road users, and they might also require more time to understand, unquote. So as the manual progresses, it says, don't do them. States, don't do funny signs. And here's the kicker. Here's the thing that just, I I don't know how the federal agencies could write this without laughing because it goes on to state that the problem with these funny signs is that people look at the signs. I kid you not. So according to the federal government, the state control signs are bad because people look at them. Now, don't we have those highway signs there for the express purpose of having people to look at them? And yet people looking at the signs, according to the federal government, Oh, that's bad. We can't have that. You, you shouldn't be out there looking at the signs. Well, if people aren't supposed to be looking at the signs, why in the heck are the signs even there? All right. They're there. So people can look at them. And yet the federal government doesn't understand that. So, What I would love to know, and I don't know that we'll ever have the answer to this question, but what I would love to know is, what did it cost? What did it cost you and me and every other taxpayer in this country to draft a 1,100-page manual on the uniform traffic control devices that no one except some doofus like me in St. Louis would actually read in order to stop states from doing something that was actually fun and humorous and helping people to be safe at the exact same time. What's a better combination? A little bit of humor and reminding people to be safe. Because if it's just boring, use your seatbelts. That is guaranteed to make sure that people don't ever look at those signs. And if no one's ever going to look at them, why are we putting them up on the sides of highways? It truly baffles the mind. And, and if anyone ever finds out what that costs, please shoot me an email. My email address is B Young. That's B Y O U N G, because let's face it, it's good to be young, right? young at Harrisdowell.com. H-A-R-R-I-S is in Sam, D is in David, O W E L L dot com. Uh, I also respond to all emails. So if you ever want to send me an email, feel free to do that. I respond to every email that I receive. <clears throat> but I would love to know what that costs you and what it costs me. But unfortunately, we're never going to know. Speaking of costs, well, yeah, that's a segue into the fact we have to take a commercial break. But other than that segue, I, the federal government, I did find out this. The federal government spent $700,000 on something, and when I tell you what that is, you're going to groan out loud. You have that as a promise, a covenant from me to you, that you will groan when you hear what the federal government spent $700,000 on. What was it? Well, stick around after the break, and I will let you know. At your service with Brad Young, don't go away. Welcome back to Camo X. Brad Young in with you just for another two segments here this evening. And uh, as always, thank you for sticking around. So I mentioned right before the break, $700,000. That's not that's not a small amount of money. Uh, and yet to the federal government, it's probably not much because they're wasting billions of dollars. And when they waste billions of dollars, what's another 700 I mean, come on, really? I mean, that's not even beer money. Uh, That's uh, gum money. It's so little to the federal government. But they're spending $700,000 to remind girls who identify as boys that they can still get pregnant. Now, yes, you heard me correctly. And hopefully I won my bet that you would guffaw, growl, roll your eyes or make some other uh, sound uh, when you heard what we're spending $700,000 on. And the grant, which began in last September and will—it was just renewed this week, it's going to continue on until June of 2027, is given to this company, this outfit called Center for Innovative Public Health Research, which is a, a nonprofit that seeks to create, this is their language, not mine, quote, an inclusive teen pregnancy program for transgender boys, unquote. That's their goal. And they're spending $700,000 given to them out of the federal government's trough, which is funded by you and me, 700 grand of our tax dollars. I don't know what that works out to, how much you pay in every day, but isn't it a joy? Isn't it a joy to know that tomorrow when you're at work, you're working hard, your boss has you on a deadline, you've got you're answering phone calls and writing emails all at the exact same time that your hard-earned tax dollars are going to educate transgender boys about the ch- chance that they could get pregnant. I mean just it's it's hard to say folks, this is real stuff and it's absurd. Now, I want to read you something. I don't like to read on the air. No one likes to listen to something reading. But my point in reading this is not to read it to you like you don't understand it, but to read it like I want you to try to understand this. I read for a living, and this was hard to grasp. This is the gobbledygook that has come out from the Center for Innovative Public Health Research about why this is an issue. This is their words, not mine, and I'm quoting them so you can see this word salad that they're serving as an entree to justify taking $700,000 of our tax dollars. Here's what they say, and I quote, "...youth who are assigned female at birth are at risk for negative sexual health outcomes." yet are effectively excluded from sexual health programs because gender-diverse youth do not experience the cisgender heteronormative teen sexual education messaging that's available to their salient and applicable minds. Unquote. Do you have any idea what that said? I, I, I can translate that into English for you, but I, uh, but I don't want to give it more time than it's due. That's what your tax dollars are going for. And to me, that's outrageous that that our tax dollars are going to educate transgendered boys about how they, too, can become pregnant. So, in other words, listen, Mr. Transgender Boy, just because you cut your hair like a man and wear T-shirts that have LeBron James on them, that doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant. (laughs) And— Really? Shazam! I thought just putting on a LeBron James t-shirt meant that I wasn't going to get pregnant. Now you're telling me that I can get pregnant? Oh my goodness, thank you so much for telling me. I, I had no idea, said no one ever. It's just beyond understanding. And yet when you go into this, there's a lot of this story that I cannot read to you. I mean, it would probably pass FCC muster. Uh, in the bounds of morality and uh, Christian identity, I'm not going to read through the rest of the story about why they think that transgender boys who, let's be real, that means girls who are pretending to be boys, uh, why they could still get pregnant. And what I, I don't understand is why do they think that they can't get pregnant? Just because Just because a person self-identifies as a male doesn't mean that their genitalia self-identifies as a male. And that's about as blunt as I'm going to put it, but they have to be told that by our federal government? Really? Uh, That's your tax dollars at work. And under that same theme, I I thought literally in December of 2019— Maybe it was January of 2020. The first moment that I heard about COVID, I was with my wife, and I turned to her, and I said, Carol, you know, there's, a, there's this coronavirus that's coming out of Wuhan, China. And I know, because I read stupid stuff all day long, I know that there is a Wuhan Institute of Virology that's in Wuhan, China. Doesn't it seem kind of a coincidence that this new coronavirus that no one's seen, that no one's ever heard of, that's suddenly killing people, breaks out in the very city where they experiment making coronaviruses? Isn't that a coincidence? And <laughs> I literally, first time I heard of this darn thing, right? So as it's gone on, I have been a very strong proponent, not that it's anti-Asian, not that I want to sue the Chinese government, but I think it's important to understand how did this virus come about since it is the most lethal, deadly virus, one of at least, that's ever plagued humanity in, in the known instances of history. Shouldn't we at least kind of have an idea where it came from? I think so. What's the harm in, in fi- figuring out where it came from so we cannot have to deal with this kind of a darn thing again? Well, Anthony Fauci last week, and I would have talked about this last week, but I was I was on vacation, all right? I went to Vermont for a week. So I missed, I know, Ethan's shaking his head, but I did have to take some time off. But this story came out last week that <clears throat> Anthony Fauci actually admitted uh, during uh, briefings last week that the lab leak theory is not a conspiracy theory. He admitted it. He said those exact words. It's not a conspiracy theory. Which at least gave me some feeling of justification because I've been told uh, now for four years that I was a conspiratorialist, that I was anti-Asian, because I had the audacity of saying that it came out of a lab. And listen, listen. John Stewart had the best analysis of this of any human being I've ever heard. He said this, and I'm completely ripping this off from John Stewart. He said, if you go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you hear a story about there's been a sudden explosion of gooey, sweet substance that's flowing down the streets of Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it smells a whole lot like chocolate, What are you going to think? Where does that gooey substance come from? Hmm, it's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I wonder if it's chocolate from the Hershey plant. All right. That's the same analysis that I've applied to this COVID lab leak theory since the very beginning. But here's the reason why. And I wanted to talk about this story after I talked about the $700,000 to remind girls who identify as boys that they can still get pregnant. Because as we learned over the past several years, your tax dollars, and this is not a conspiracy theory, it's a fact, and you can look it up, you can argue all day long, if you're a progressive, that it's not true, but the facts are facts, even when they're not comfortable facts, that our government paid money to a not-for-profit institute that gave, in turn, gave that money to Wuhan Institute of Virology to develop the coronavirus that killed people that you know that made you sick, that locked down our country for two to three years. My, listen, my stepmom was killed by COVID. You know people who died because of COVID. Your loved ones, you know loved ones who did. You know friends who did. You have family that did. And don't you think that it's worthwhile for us to know if our own tax dollars went to develop the virus that killed your loved ones is I don't think that's a conspiracy theory to ask about it I'm not suggesting that the Chinese government released it intentionally I have no reason to believe that there's no evidence to, to back that up but there is evidence to back up that the safety protocols at the Wuhan Institute of Virology <clears throat> are less strict than the level five bio labs that exist in the United States and that's also a fact and this stuff was being, this gain-of-function research was being done in China because the safety protocols were less strict than they are in the United States. I think we have a right to know that. And I think we have a right to know, just, important, just as importantly, because this is a story from today, New York Post, but the, the Chinese scientists in Wuhan are experimenting with a new deadly virus that they've created— It's called GX underscore P2V, and they have mice, the scientists have created what they call humanized mice that have human genetic material injected into mice to see how they respond. And this new deadly virus, GX P2V, had a 100% kill rate in the humanized mice. 100% kill rate. And so they're still playing with the gain of function. What happens if one of those injected mice runs out the lab, gets eaten by a bat, and then that bat bites somebody? That's probably—or or it's eaten by a bat, and then somebody eats the bat in the Wuhan wet market because they like to eat bats on a stick over there. It's not hard. You don't have to be a genetic scientist to figure out and trace the evidence back to where this came from. And to me, it baffles my mind that for the last four years, we as a world, as a planet, have said, you know, we're not really going to look into where this came from because we're afraid that it may be racist to identify where it came from. Why? I promise you, if it came from a lab filled with white men, no one would have said, oh, we, you know, we can't discuss this. We don't want any discrimination going on against 55-year-old, overweight, bald white men. We don't want those guys to be discriminated against. Nobody would have said that. And yet we can't admit the truth of where the coronavirus came from because of fear of discrimination. Is discrimination wrong? Absolutely. Should anyone be discriminating against Asians because they think it came from uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Absolutely not. And if someone commits a hate crime, they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But that doesn't mean we ignore the truth of where it came from, and most importantly, whether United States tax dollars went to develop the virus that in turn killed us. Is that unreasonable to ask if, if we paid to kill our loved ones, if our federal government paid to kill our friends, to lock us down, to drive companies out of business, to wipe churches out of attendees, to cripple our economy for years? I don't think that's too much to ask, particularly when it comes to whether we essentially paid to kill ourselves. I think we have a right to know that, and I think you do as well. What do you think? 314-436-7900. Would love to hear your opinions on this. Text or call. Phone lines are open. We've only got one segment, so if you're going to call, do it now because uh, we'll be out of here after this segment. Thanks for sticking around on At Your Service. Brad Young, KMOX. Service for a Wednesday night. Uh, I've been out a couple of weeks. one for basketball. One for I was on vacation. But uh, hopefully, I'll be continuing here on Wednesday nights here on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Uh, John from O'Fallon, Illinois, has been holding through the break. Hey, John, welcome to KMOX. Hey,
0: Brad. Um, we've talked before. I, I love calling. I
1: love you show. I, I call in. Thank you. It's a get. But yeah, I lost my sister to COVID. And I'm sorry. So now you're, you know, she was my best friend.
0: But anyways, she, uh, but anyways, so you're telling me I've, I've always had a, cons- I've always been, you know, been accused of being a conspiracy, blah, 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 about the u uh, lab.
3: And so now you're telling me that everything I thought is true now? Well, I'm telling you this and I, John, if you've listened to me for any length of time, I, I will always clarify the facts. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you the honest to goodness facts. Number one, there is a research study that that Anthony Fauci has quoted that that extrapolates that it came from nature. However, every coronavirus—this is not the first coronavirus, and it won't be the last. The coronavirus right. has been has been affecting humans for centuries. Every single coronavirus that's ever struck humankind in a pandemic scientists have been able to find the originating animal or animals where that coronavirus came from. And to this date, there has been no bat, no bats, no animals of any kind that have the, uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus in them. And yet scientists have written a study extrapolating that it could have come from nature. Now, having said that, there's also evidence that's been, that's been discussed at length by verified scientists, not just people who talk on Fox News, but verified scientists who have said this is the exact chemical structure of the gain-of-function research that was done at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So right now you have two competing stories, John, that there's no conclusive evidence, but there is strong indications that it came from a lab leak, but there's no verification that that's happened because China would not allow the World Health Organization to do any substantive investigation as to the origins of COVID 19.
0: Well, of course, they won't. they're not going to do that.
3: Exactly. Uh, now, my opinion is, my opinion is, it's absolutely came from the lab leak because that's the explanation that makes the most sense. Uh, But is there evidence of that? And I will clearly tell you that there is not specific verified smoking gun that says, yes, it came from the Institute of Virology. Yeah, right. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. But but don't you think, though, as a taxpayer, John, you lost your sister. I'm very sorry. I lost my stepmom. And I've lost lots of other people that I could list at length, and so have you. But yeah, don't I mean, you think as a taxpayer yeah. though, don't you think as a taxpayer, given that you have suffered personal loss, as has almost every American in this country, don't you think we at least deserve the right to know if our tax dollars did or did not contribute to the deaths of our loved ones? That's never gonna happen, Brad. I know it's never but I'm gonna keep asking the question. I know. I, I you don't,
0: please do is you got you've got a voice here on k m o x and
1: you know and i I don't you know Oh, well, right now
3: you do John well that's true <laughs> yes, you <laughs> do true. but but listen, I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you calling in my friend, and you call in anytime I'm on the air I love talking to you all
0: right but okay. all right
3: thanks my friend bye bye so I don't think that my—again, I'm very clear with my lines of logic and my lines of reasoning, so uh, I'm not uh, voicing a conspiracy theory. Even the good old Dr. Anthony Fauci verified that it's not a conspiracy theory. And what also is not a conspiracy theory is that the federal government took active steps to silence the speech of Americans when they were simply asking questions. Now, there was one time I was filling in over on our sister station, 97.1, I was filling in, I believe it was for Annie Fry, and I asked a question, which is something I love to do. I asked a question. I wasn't making a statement. I wasn't citing any alleged study. I was simply asking a question, and this was the question that I asked. I asked, if if the, if the masks that were being used, that were being told to use, if the size of the seams of those masks if the, if the size of the fibers in those masks is larger than the size of the coronavirus, how much efficacy is the mask providing? And when I asked that question, the show was kicked off of YouTube. So we were censored. I wasn't saying that masks aren't beneficial because the science is they're somewhat beneficial. I was simply asking a question. And because of that, I was kicked off of YouTube. That shows you the level of censorship that was occurring during the depths of COVID because the federal government didn't even want us asking questions and social media was doing the bidding of the federal government, as we know for a fact, because the government was paying social media companies to squelch free speech. So it all circles back to one of my biggest legal issues is the First Amendment right to freedom of speech. That's why I love KMOX. This is the altar of freedom of speech here. And I'm glad you've been listening this evening. I'll be back next week. Stick around at 10 o'clock. We'll have the best of Dave Glover right here. X.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?